the Digital Marketing Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Active Resistance Against Bad Digital Marketing. Every episode, I try to help you clear up the mystery surrounding this digital voodoo that we call digital marketing. This is the Digital Marketing Podcast, and I am DM Punk. This is episode number 21, and today we're talking about digital PR. And this episode was recorded in, where are we, October of 2019. Hello, 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 hello. Well, first of all, thank you very much to all the lovely comments um, that came through after last uh, last week's episode um, from the blog on conference down in Bracknell. Uh, it was all very nice and lovely, and some of you heard yourselves uh, being recorded, and you enjoyed it, which was nice. However, we move on onto this episode where we're going back to basics in terms of digital marketing because this time we're talking about digital PR and digital PR is one of those things um, where some digital marketers perhaps may not think it's part of their area they think it's something someone else's problem Um, however the lines now between digital PR and what is traditionally link building in SEO in search engine optimization are very very blurred and very they're two of the same thing in essence okay Um, you can get links from doing constructive good digital PR and digital PR is a very organic medium method of actually acquiring links which can be very very valuable to your site and to your website if you want to rank highly in search engines for example Google because let's not forget let's go back to what Rick Rodriguez says when I had him on the show um earlier on which was we were talking about the fact that seo forms three pillars there's a technical side there's a content side and there is a links side and that links pillar is very very important and still remains important however much you may hear on twitter and all that that links are dead and all this kind of stuff it's not true at all and it's been a it's an interesting one that this episode's come around this week because uh, i know i sort of organize it and everything but it's an interesting one because i've been doing a lot of work this week regarding link building i've been looking at um different client web Websites and competitor websites regarding their links and their digital PR. I've been working with a digital PR agency over in Leeds, which has been interesting. Um, and I've been doing a lot of this. And I actually recorded this episode a long, long time ago with Claire, um, which was very cool. And I've sort of had um, a reintroduction, shall I call it, into this kind of world. Um, so it's really important to remember that digital PR now has merged into that link building. And from if you think of this think of this from a Google perspective, okay? Google just doesn't look at your site in isolation. And Google looks at your site in comparison to every other single site that is out there. And it certainly certainly looks at it in terms of verticals, okay? So it's if you are a window cleaning company, it's looking at your window cleaning company in comparison to all the other window cleaning companies either in that country or in that area um, and across the world. Um, so it's important to remember that if Google is looking at that and it's looking at all the links coming in from other sites, then Google sees those links as votes to your site, okay? It's seeing if you're getting a link from, I'm going to say ridiculous uh, sort of analogies here, but if you get a link from the Times newspaper, um, which is a very big British newspaper over here, if you've got a link from them, which is very, very unlikely, but Google's going to go, wow, 
they've got a link from the Times newspaper. That's really, really impressive. Um, and then it's going to look at another site and go, well, this site hasn't got a link from the Times, Times newspaper. What does that mean? Um, and it's not about, okay, domain authority or page authority or whatever you want to call it. It's not about creating link farms. It's not about number of links, okay? It's about quality. It's about um, that reputation that comes behind the links. And Google knows the reputation of the Times and it knows the reputations of, I don't know, directory websites like Yelp or things like that. And it knows that Yelp, okay, lots of people have got links from Yelp, blah, blah, blah. It might even be a nofollow link, which is a technical term. So if I'm going to equate these links, okay, not all links are created equal, if you remember. So I think it's really, really important um, to start talking about link building on uh, on the Digital Marketing Podcast this time. And that is why I did an interview with Claire Gamble, which was really, really cool. Um, she has unhooked communications Um a PR company which does all of this kind of uh, PR strategy and doing PR campaigns and things like that. So she knows a hell of a great deal. And we actually met um, at the blog on conference in May. Um, we were doing uh, talks at the same time. I know this because as I joked on last episode, she took all the people because um, she was so popular about what she's doing. Um, she took all of the people that were at that conference and took them all into her one. And I had no people in my one. And I'm not bitter about that whatsoever. But still, um, she does a fantastic talk and she really does know what she's talking about, which is why I thought, right, okay, let's make an opportunity out of this. Let's get Claire on the show because she's so applicable to what I'm talking about here. And let's talk about um, digital PR here on the Digital Marketing Podcast. So even if you're not a blogger, okay, and you are a website uh, owner, you are a business with a website, you're a business owner wants to do your own marketing, this is a really, really important episode when we're talking about digital PR because when it comes to the reputation of your website and how that looks in the digital space, then digital PR is the way to be thinking about it. Um, and it can be quite a overwhelming subject. You know, how do you go out of your way to go and get your local paper to link back to your website or write an article about it or something like that? And it's all about how you build relationships and how you communicate to these people. So that's what this episode is going to be all about. I'm really excited. This is Claire Gamble from Unhooked Communications. I hope you enjoy. Claire, thank you for joining us uh, today. Introduce yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Hi, so my name's Claire Gamble. I'm the Managing Director of Unhooked Communications, which is a PR agency and we work with national and international brands and businesses. And I'm also the founder of PR Unlocked, which is a website full of useful resources and training and courses to help small businesses do their own PR. Amazing. Okay, so we talk about PR. I, I think that's a very open. Uh, a, a, there's an open interpretation to PR, and I suppose it takes. It has a lot of arms and it has a lot of legs. So, what what do we talk about? What do we mean when we talk about PR? So PR stands for public relations and a lot of people think PR is all about getting media coverage and that is a big part of it. Um, but generally public relations, it's all about reputation management and brand perception. It's how businesses and brands communicate with the target audience to make them think or act in a certain way. And one way that 
businesses and brands can do that is through the media. So we do focus a lot on media and with sort of digital marketing as well. Like a lot of people want to know how can they get earned media? How can they get in national newspapers or radio or TV, magazines, things like that. But there are other tactics we can use as well, like awards, events, content marketing. Um, and because technology and the way we communicate and the way people access information and entertainment has changed so much over the years, a lot of what PRs do kind of crosses over with other marketing disciplines as well. But yeah, overall, it's all kind of about getting in front of your target audience and getting them to know about you and your brand and your products or your services. And but making sure that they think of you in a certain way. So we don't just, you know, when people say like, oh, there's no such thing as bad publicity, there is. So we want to make people think about brands and people in a certain way. So that's where it's all about that reputation management. That's really excellent. And I suppose that is, uh, for businesses, it it must be very, very difficult to, um, because it's not, you can't just call PR blanketed for everybody. So it's the same, it's different for, well, I'm going to ask you the question. It must be differences to businesses than it is to bloggers or vloggers or YouTubers or Instagrammers and all that kind of stuff. It must be, it's a different monster for each type of person, surely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what you've got to remember is big businesses and big brands, they will have big budgets and they will have whole agencies or whole internal teams focusing on their PR day in, day out. And a lot of the tactics that they use won't necessarily be relevant really for individuals, whether they're bloggers or influencers or small online businesses. But you can take a lot of information and inspiration from some of the tactics that they use. Um, And I think when it comes to individuals as well, um, often it's more kind of about the stories of people and what makes them tick what their backgrounds are how they got to where they are now what their expertise is um and it can be a lot more kind of like interesting and I think sometimes the impact of PR can be a lot more kind of immediate as well because within bigger brands and businesses PR is only one small chunk of this whole marketing mix whereas with smaller businesses as well and individuals you're and a perfect opportunity to take advantage of opportunities that come through PR opportunities. And one of the things that I always like to say is um, to individuals and small businesses that I'm working with through PR Unlocked is PR can help you be more visible. And if you're more visible, you get more opportunities. And it's a bit like sometimes you bloggers or online businesses might see other people doing like all these exciting things and winning awards and getting asked to speak at events and things like that. But that doesn't happen by accident. Like you've got to put yourself out there and using some PR tactics is one way that you can get in front of people and create those opportunities for yourself it's almost the thing that sort of works in the background that no one will ever say they'll ever say that this is the reason why I've got this it just it looks it's got this facade as if it looks well I've put in all this hard work and I've got this amazing business or I've done these amazing things and therefore I've got to this place but it almost works in the background a little bit as a little uh, a puppet master a little bit yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I do it for my own business as well. I've sort of over the last year or so, I've been focusing on doing more speaker opportunities um, for myself. And I've got one coming up later this year, Brighton SEO, which is really big digital marketing conference in the UK, which I'm really excited about. And I was checking somebody else who works in marketing and they're like, oh my God, how did you get that? And probably thinking that they, you know, saw after me. And I just said, oh, I just applied. I asked, I knew they were looking for people. So I applied probably like everybody else but you have to 
put yourself out there and you have to, you know, take risks. And yes, you might get refused, rejected. I've probably pitched loads of things for myself and and for clients which haven't materialized. But, you know, if you know how to kind of pitch um, effectively, then you increase your chances of securing these opportunities. So it must be a case that, you know, for a lot of the clients that you work with, it's found one of the foundational early onset questions that you have to ask is you have to tell it to your clients, Slow. if you don't ask, then you don't actually get anything in terms of opportunities. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of the businesses that we work with at Unhook Communications, they're big, established national and international brands. So they're, they're kind of used to having to work harder, create new partnerships and opportunities and, you know, making your own success. Um, But often what we do is we come up with creative campaign ideas because it's, you know, it's difficult to get in the media and it's difficult to produce great content. And so you need to be doing different things. And often some of the ideas that we come up with will involve other businesses, other organisations or other individuals as well. And you know, it's all a case of kind of putting together a strong business case, pulling together a pitch um, and yeah, and speaking to people and building those relationships like nothing happens in business um, by accident. It's, you know, people have a clear plan. There's a strategy. There's a reason behind what it is that they want to do. And you just go out and do it. And I think because I've always worked in PR, I've always worked in PR and, you know, been coming up with weird creative campaign ideas and stunts and things and you know from being dressed up in like as a dog or as a mascot for some big business to putting on a national award scheme which has come out of nowhere or putting on a roadshow of events like you just make things happen like people people want stuff to happen and if people didn't ask for involvement in stuff or to partner with others with opportunities like nothing would happen in business or in any part of life really well, yeah, absolutely. It, it doesn't just extend to, to PR and business. It, it does extend to all aspects of life, really. Let's talk about bloggers in particular now. Mm-hmm. So, what you must you must have worked with a lot of bloggers in your uh, in your company and in your time. So, what is it that bloggers um, get out of utilizing PR? You know, what are those what are those things that when they come to you, they want, they ask for, and then what do you find at the end of the process? Well, never, not that it's ever an end ending process you know it's an ongoing process but what do they usually come out of that process with yeah so PR is great for bloggers so I've mentioned that a lot of big brands and businesses obviously it's a really important part of their marketing but for bloggers or content creators online businesses you can use PR tactics to benefit your business so it can help create increase brand awareness and people so people can know about you and what you talk about and what you're an expert in it can help drive traffic to your website if you're selling anything um, it can help increase sales because it can get your product or service in front of people Um, it can build trust as well which I think is really important for bloggers and content creators trust in terms of their audience and their communities trusting them but also if they're wanting to do you know brand collaborations and more brand work you need that trust and authenticity and it can help build relationships as well with other bloggers and content creators or brands and businesses or other organizations or you know lots of different people and businesses that where opportunities for work or to kind of further your career or get more people to know about you 
Absolutely. What's the starting point for bloggers, do you reckon? There must be a process where, you know, they they might come to you um, looking for this kind of, I suppose it's advice and it's guidance, but there must be some level of prerequisite that comes before embarking on a what is an ongoing PR journey. Yeah, I think um, it's really important to have a strategy in place. So just as a big business or a big brand would do, like, don't just go straight in and be like, I want to start doing PR. I want to start entering awards or Mm. commenting on things in the media. Like you've got to have a strategy in place. So you've got to know what is it that you want to achieve? Excuse me. Can I say that again? Of course you can. Happens to to all of us. Um, Start again. Yep. I think the main thing with bloggers is that they, the main thing with bloggers is that they need to have a strategy in place. So just as big businesses and big brands would have a PR and marketing strategy, I think bloggers and content creators should take that approach as well. Because there's no point just going straight in and thinking, I want to comment on loads of stuff in the media or I want to start putting on events or entering awards. Like If you don't know why you're doing it, it's probably not the right time to start. So Mm. what are your objectives? Is it that you want to start building your profile a bit more in a certain industry or do you need to get your visitor numbers to your blog or your social media channels you need to get the sort of visitor numbers and following numbers up do you have something which you're selling or you're trying to kind of monetize in terms of what content you're creating um or is it that you just want to start getting maybe better brand partnerships as well so what is it exactly that you want to achieve from putting yourself out there and promoting yourself using PR that's definitely the first thing you need to think about and I think what from a from a a blogger's point of view I know a lot of what they want to achieve is obtaining relationships with brands in terms of creating collaboration I mean that's one of the things that I know is forefront of their mind it creates good content for them they are able to get rewarded for it um and it sort of forms the foundation of, of, of what it is that they they look to achieve. So I know a lot, one of the common questions that, that you must get asked is that is that first step. How do I get that first contact? How do I get to um, a, a brand that I know that I can speak about so highly of and, um, and work with them really well and really help them out? How do I get that connection, that first connection? What would be your top or best tip for that yeah I mean there's probably quite a lot of steps to take so if you're starting out with your blog and you're creating content but you know you've maybe not got huge visitor numbers or a big following and you're quite new to it all just start with baby steps like you can't go to kind of the biggest festival brands or biggest fashion brands and beauty brands and expect them to be like yeah definitely we want to work with you um so start off sort of a bit more realistically but then it's all about the kind of the pitch really and I think the best bloggers and content creators that I know have like a really clear offering and a really sort of like specific niche rather than kind of they do a bit of everything and I think that makes it much easier for brands to kind of get what they're offering and how they can help them because if they're constantly you know one minute they're talking about renovating the house but then the next minute they're talking about the kids and the next minute they're talking about 
what lipstick they're wearing and what holidays. And I know there are a lot of bloggers who do kind of that lifestyle range of things and it mm. can work. But I, I honestly think that if, especially if you're starting out, really hone in on what it is your area of expertise and your niche and the thing that you're really, really passionate about, because I think that will help in the long run to secure some really good and valuable brand partnerships with you. I think you really make a really good point there because uh, there is a whole breadth of lifestyle blogging. There's a whole breadth of family blogging. Um, you know, you talked about the the cosmetics and the uh, the makeup. There's there's a whole breadth of that. But talking about a niche is actually really really important. I think some people, some bloggers, when they're first starting out, perhaps shy away from that idea of niching down because they'll think actually what I'm doing is reducing my options. What I'm doing is scaling. Uh, scaling my options right down where I'm not going to be able to maneuver anywhere but by putting it in the way that you just have actually what you're doing is you're providing a viable a really viable option not a broad spread but a really viable option for you to create an audience which is niche and closely tied to you and have a closer connection with your blog and the audience um, which is going to be so much more valuable to a a company that you're looking to create a brand collaboration with. Yeah, absolutely. And it has the benefit as well of as well as um, helping with those brand collaborations and finding like really spot on brands, which are like, yes, you're perfect for this uh, project and campaign that we're working on. It also helps going back to PR. It also helps to secure media coverage as well, because if you're an expert in a particular subject or topic then you can become like the media's go-to experts on that whereas I see some people and you know maybe small business owners or bloggers who are trying to build a bit of a profile and they just kind of try and comment on anything and everything and it just gets confusing really but um as an example um I know we were both at the recent blog on conference in Manchester and we were were. and in (laughs) the talk uh, that I gave about PR uh, there was a lady in the audience who um, specialized I can't remember what cooking she specialized in but she'd been on her local BBC radio station talking about um, vegan cooking or maybe it was vegan cooking she specialized in but I think Mm. they did like a whole feature about like jackfruits or something and so because they'd found her blog and she was sort of specialized in this one particular area it wasn't just any old cooking it was particularly like focused on one area so she was on there and I think she'd got some other opportunities as well and then I spoke to a couple of other the people um, who'd been in the talk afterwards and there was a couple of travel bloggers but they specialised, both of them specialised in different things so one specialised in family adventure travel and she'd take her kids to all these like far out places and do like really kind of stuff which I'd be quite scared to do but like she was taking her young family um, and her friend as well did um, family travel but it was more specifically kind of glamping and uh, they had a camper van as well and just speaking to them and speaking about the holidays that they do and the sort of blogs and articles they were writing about I was like this is perfect for you to be you know pitching yourself in as journalists really to you know mainstream newspapers and magazines like talking about your experience and sharing your chip your tips and your advice and also then from a brand point of view when you know that they specialize in those sort of travel holidays it it, it would make it so much easier for big brands who were looking for bloggers or influencers or writers to choose the appropriate ones because they have that really focused niche. Is it 
a, a potential then that even if you niche down right from the very beginning and you're building your audience and building um uh, that community around you it's almost technically a little bit easier to start with a niche and not broaden out completely you know don't start going from you know family travel adventures to vegan food you know that broad but you you could broaden those horizons a little bit from family travel adventures to i don't know family travel <laughs> in general you know it, yeah. it almost makes it easier once you are more established to be able to then to then do that that's right and i think if you and i think it comes down to confidence as well because i know it it happens with me in my own business sort of like one of my areas of specialism is um construction clients and i think when i first started out in pr i never thought i'd be working kind of specifically in construction and but then i thought well actually no i'm not going to fight it it's mm. you know there's great clients that I'm working with and there's lots of exciting opportunities there so I'm going to really own that niche and I was chatting to somebody about sort of owning your own niche and everything and he sort of said oh it comes down to confidence because you think you're going to lose out on opportunities but actually you will find better opportunities because you specialize and and absolutely like you say if you focus on that niche you'll build up an audience really dedicated audience who love what you're producing they you know they're big fans they're there with you for reasons and then if you do start to diversify they you'll be able to get feedback from them as well like do you want to hear about this or you can test the waters and hopefully they engage quite well with you as well um so it's just sort of generally a sort of a stronger community base that you can build I'm going to interrupt the podcast right here to bring you a quick message that might bring you so much value. Are you a business owner, a content creator or blogger that is simply trying to get their message heard? Well, you can talk to digital agencies or freelancers all you like, but you know what? It's going to cost you money. Why not instead join up to my free Facebook group? It's called the Punk Digital Marketing Business Network and it is full of like-minded people who are all in the same boat, trying to take control of their own own digital marketing. It is a safe space community for you to ask your digital marketing questions and get advice from people who have had the same worries as you or by the team of digital marketing experts who are on hand to get you going in the right direction. It is completely free and all you have to do to join is search Punk Digital Marketing Business Network and click the join button. I will see you there. Absolutely, absolutely. What are the common mistakes that you tend to see from bloggers and bloggers and influencers when they're trying to sort of organize that PR, whether it's for themselves and trying to create um, a little bit of momentum in terms of building an audience or whether they're trying to grow brand relations with um, with uh, corporate companies? What, what are some of the common mistakes that you see um, from, from those type of people? Um, I'm going to controverse, controversially say, Ooh. say that again, um, <laughs> controversially, I think one of the mistakes that I see bloggers make is calling themselves bloggers. Now, I've got Ooh. lots and lots of respect for bloggers. I know they are multi-talented and do so many things and they're, they've got more skills and experience than a lot of kind of digital marketers and marketers working in agencies or in-house because you know they're building websites they're creating videos and podcasts and social media and they're all about the algorithms all about seo all of that however there is a bit of a stigma sometimes involved i think with the term bloggers especially within um media so if you're trying to get media coverage often i see people who are bloggers and they're great bloggers 
and they'll pitch themselves in for comments and um, speaking opportunities. But the kind of the job title that they give themselves will be blogger. Now, mm-hmm. most of the bloggers and content creators I know are kind of they use their blog as a platform to talk about what it is that they do or what they're passionate passionate about. So perhaps they're, you know, like a makeup artist or maybe mm. they're an interior designer and a stylist or maybe they're a fitness instructor or personal trainer or someone like that. And they'll use their platforms as a way to communicate their thoughts, their experience, share advice and tips. And so depending on what sort of opportunities you are pitching yourself for, I would think about the way that you describe yourself. So yeah. it might be you're a vegan cook specialist and you come up with recipes or something like that rather than straight away the blog. So I think it's almost you sort of you focus first of all on that niche and that areas areas of expertise and then you explain that you've got these platforms um where you communicate with your audience and then obviously as well if you've got a big audience and a very engaged audience it's always great to talk about that as well it's a really interesting thought and I suppose I want to follow follow up on that do you think I agree with you I think the term blogger and blogger has that um stigmatism put around it and I know it certainly is even from a um from a digital marketing perspective as well you know we're very suspicious of bloggers and vloggers because um well for numerous reasons really which i won't go into but do you think the same is happening to that terminology of an influencer um you know and working working with an influencer should we be spinning that around as well yeah absolutely i think the i think in certain circles you get a lot of eye rolls when you start talking about influencers <laughs> yeah. um and i think it's just there's there's so much social media fraud that goes on um fake followers people buying it it's just become a big numbers game and you go to certain places like i was chatting to a friend's sister who went to coachella um this year and uh, she went over with work um very very lucky and i said to her was it just full of influencers in kind of like inverted commas and she said yeah it was just ridiculous and just people constantly like changing outfits and just people taking selfies all the time and it's just and you I you just think it's crazy like that's the sort of the bad image that influencers have got but then if you think about some of the really really hard working really really effective influencers out there like I always use them in the fro Victoria the fashion um influencer as an example like I think she her work's amazing and the sort of brand collaborations and partnerships that she does are unbelievable but I mean she's like a whole other level I think you know and most of the bloggers and influencers I know don't go around just like doing all this sort of like fake influencer (laughs) stuff (laughs) so I don't want to like diss anyone um but I think yeah the the bubble is going to burst because too many it's just too easy for people to buy a load of followers and say they're an influencer and get money or you know free stuff from brands Mm -hmm. and for probably not much return either which is why it goes back to making sure that your community and your audience are really loyal and really engaged so that you can prove that kind of return on investment for brands and businesses even even if that is at a smaller scale for them you know you can (laughs) you can have the big brands excuse me you can have the big brands that just go okay well we're just going to use a load of influencers and try and generate some buzz and some activity and all that kind of even if 
a smart business, a smart big brand now would niche down, would go, okay, well, this person has created a hardcore community of people who are interested in something which which I believe will be interested in our product as well. Um, okay, we're not going to make 100,000 sales. We're going to make 1,000 sales instead. But, well, no, let me take that back. It's not a case of we're going to get in front of a 100,000 eyes. We're going to get in front of a 1,000 eyes as well. But actually, our return on investment on that might be 10 times, 20 times fold because we're getting a niche, you know, a niche set of eyes, a set of eyes which are completely interested in the product that we want to present. Yeah, absolutely. And as well as thinking, making sure that partnerships are going to be valuable, it's also thinking of them as I think bloggers as an extension of your marketing team. Um, so I've done some training with some PR agencies and PR freelancers about influencer marketing. And I was saying, instead of thinking of the influencers or content creators as sort of another platform to promote the product or the service on behalf of the client, like work with them because they'll, they're really talented photographers or stylists or, you know, use their creativity to help create something interesting and something that their audience is going to like absolutely absolutely okay very finally we're going to wrap this up any final hints and tips that you have for the blogging vlogging influencer community and i'm i'm now feeling embarrassed to use the term influencer now oh, but, no. um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the uh, the community out there the content creating community i'm going to call it um any final hints and tips or advice for them that you know wanting to utilize um pr either for themselves or for creating brand relationships yeah, so I think thinking about PR and thinking about ways that you can um, maybe get media coverage. So I know at the beginning I said um, PR isn't just about media coverage, but often that is one of the things that a lot of people want to know about. And I think as well from a kind of PR brand point of view, often if we know that bloggers or influencers, if they've kind of got that um, extra pull and reach that they are featured in kind of like national newspapers or magazines or consumer magazines, you know, that can be another thing that can help sort of secure a partnership if you're getting featured in the media or on the radio regularly compared to somebody who's not. Um, But people always say like, how do you get in the media? And there's loads of different ways. So I think from kind of bloggers, and content creators and small businesses point of view um comments um reactive comments based on uh something that's happened in the news or uh to uh, all my words mixed up um um, (laughs) so i think comments are a great way for bloggers to start trying to get into the media and by comments uh these could be either based on something if a journalist is working on a certain feature or article and they're looking for people to comment or it might be in response to something breaking in the news or a trending topic or something and a great way to find out for comment opportunities is on twitter using the hashtag journal request which a lot of people might know about already um but as a free tool because there are quite a lot of media databases and media uh um, sort of request services but they do come at a cost like I spend a ridiculous eye-watering amount on behalf of my clients on some of them and but Twitter is, still gets some of the best um, opportunities from Twitter so look at Jenna request 
um, to see sort of real time what journalists are looking for. But if you do use journey requests, you need to be super, super quick at pitching in because they're really competitive, especially the really good opportunities. Um, and you need to be really clear and concise when you're getting in touch with the journalist to pitch yourself in and make sure that you explain your credentials and your experience and why you're the best person to comment. That's really interesting because um, obviously having that connection with media is, and it's one of the things that I do as well. I always have my tweet deck open because tweet deck is, it's one of those things where it's like having the stock exchange open. You can't stop staring <laughs> at it. You know, it's, it's one of those things you just see, and I have a, a, a column on tweet deck and you just see all the journal requests coming um sort of filtering filtering down a lot of them don't concern me but every time I'm, I'm on I'll have a look and you just see if anything's relevant and you know if it's higher up then you're going to be uh, quick to react and it's it, it's super super simple and you are right there's a lot of PR uh, you know comment uh, sort of platforms out there but it's super simple and super easy way which I don't think a huge amount of people do use but it's really really powerful yeah absolutely like I've personally been featured in the likes of the Daily Telegraph and Forbes and BBC, all from opportunities from Twitter. And I've got clients, um, some amazing national and international media opportunities as well from using it. And it's, you just need to sort of check in a couple of times a day. um, And yeah, and go for the really juicy ones, best ones for you. On the same level, what about local, localised PR? Because that's obviously something... Uh, largely what you'll get on the you know general request for example is um uh, a national national story which are very very powerful but what about businesses or things that are looking on a local level what would you recommend for a little bit of local exposure um first of all i would research what your local and regional uh, media outlets are so most people have like a regional local newspaper Um, unfortunately the way that the media landscape's changing a lot of local newspapers are folding or uh, they'll be merging so I mean even a few years ago where I'm based in sort of greater Manchester you'd have a lot more kind of hyper local newspapers and then you'd have the big regional sort of parent newspaper but now they've those have all sort of been consolidated and there's just this the one main regional newspaper um but there'll be local newspapers there might be local magazines uh there'll be local radio as well and they're all looking for great content and local news stories um charities if anybody does anything with charities uh Regional and local media love to support local charities and people that are doing great, good causes. Um, but just generally, people like interesting people. So if you if you're doing something interesting, like get in touch with the radio and you know, the producers. And so with regional newspapers and local newspapers, you probably want to get in touch with an editor or a news editor. Um, but then for local radio, for example, um, they usually have a planning team. So the planning team's often quite a good one to get in touch with. Um, and you can use different things to hook on to as well. Like if there's a big event going on, let them know about it, invite them down to the event. Um, if you're an expert, say, I don't know, in love islands then when love islands on you could pitch yourself in as a commentator and it's all that kind of whatever your areas of expertise and what your niche is like let people know about it like 
Um, I met someone recently who came to one of my workshops at Google Digital Garage and he's a consumer champion and he's self-published a book and he's got a blog and social media platforms where he talks about consumer rights. And he started getting in touch with, you know, regional like BBC Scotland and but also nationals as well, sort of explaining what his area of expertise is and because again it's quite specific but it's something that affects a lot of people he started getting loads of radio interviews and national interviews and all sorts so you just have to put yourself out there get in touch with people and don't be scared because somebody asked me recently I think it might have been one of the bloggers from blog on actually they said well, what do you do? You, you just get in touch with the editors or journalists. It's just like, well, yeah, like they're expecting you. Like don't expect them. They are not going to come and find you. You need to tell them about you. So yeah, get in touch, pitch yourself. That's all you've got to do. You just got to sell yourself a little bit precisely. Yep. I think that's really, really important. And uh, you said it very early on, you know, sometimes you're going to get knocked back. Sometimes you're going to get turned down, but what does it matter? Eh? You know, exactly. you, you're going to get that anyway. And often, and editors and journalists have said to me before that because they, they get so inundated with pitches, so if you don't get anything back from them, you might not even get a no, you don't get a yes, but it doesn't mean that it's a no forever. So just try again or try a slightly different contact. Or if they if you do get feedback and it is a no, like listen to what the feedback is and why it wasn't quite right this time. Because when you're pitching to journalists and editors, you have to be really, really bespoke and really explain why it's right for them and their audience. Like don't just do mass pitches to where you have like the same pitch and just send it out to hundreds of different journalists like really tailor it to who you're speaking to well claire it has been an absolute pleasure speaking to you about pr um thank you so much uh, for coming on now before you go tell everybody um where people can find you what you're up to at the moment how they can connect with you on social media um you know tell everybody where you're at well, you can find me on Twitter. I'm Claire E. Gamble. Um, I've also got a website. My Unhooked Communications website is weareunhooked.com and the at weareunhooked is across various social media channels, all the usual ones. Um, mm. And then on PR Unlocked, so PR Unlocked the online training platform to help small businesses and startups and bloggers do their own PR. Um, there's a free course at the moment, so... I say at the moment, it's always going to be free, um, but it's how to use Twitter for PR and media relations. So it goes into loads of detail about how to maximise your chances of securing some media opportunities using journal requests on Twitter, but also using a few different tactics as well, such as how you can monitor trending topics and breaking news and also build relationships on Twitter because journalists love Twitter. Um, so that's completely free. So if you go to prunlocked.com, and then there's a freebies page so you can sign up for that course. And who said Twitter was dying, eh? Um, so <laughs> thank you uh, so much. I really do hope that uh, obviously we get to speak again. Um, what I don't, what I don't hope is next time that we are speaking at the same time at the same event that we're booked on the same slot because <laughs> you, you steal all my audience. Clark. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> and it was disappointing because I did want to come and see your talk as well. So, oh, well, but at least it's kind. made us know about each other. <laughs> exactly exactly if it never have happened we've never have met we've never recorded this podcast you know it was meant to be it was meant Absolutely. to be <laughs> claire thank you so much i hope you have a wonderful evening thank you thank you 
So there we go. I thank you again so much for Claire Gamble uh, for appearing on the podcast and talking about link building and digital PR with us. Um, digital PR, like I say, really, really important subject to get right. If you want to take your website, your blog, whatever it is to the next level, um, then digital PR is certainly the way to do it. And it's almost, it's, you know, it's, it's almost coming full circle. We we focus so much at the moment on um, new technological um, platforms and breakthroughs which we can utilize, you know, with Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok and all those kind of things. However, when it comes to digital PR, one of, which is, I think, one of the most important aspects, actually, we're going back round to just thinking about ways of doing it uh, the old traditional way, but having a new digital spin on things, which is a really important because the relationship building, the communication, that's all stuff that's been around for years and years and years. And I think sometimes we're a little bit afraid of utilizing those um, old hat techniques, um, which are actually really, really important. If you want to find out more about Claire Gamble and her company, then you can go and check out the website, weareunhooked.com. That is weareunhooked.com. No dashes, no nothing. We are on hook.com and you can go and check out um, her business and her agency which I highly recommend uh, and just having a chat with her because I'm sure she'll be happy to just sit down and talk you through the whole process and uh, look at your business and see how she can help. So that was Claire Gamble. Thank you so, so much. Um, if if you have any questions, any queries, uh, any feedback about the show, then I implore you, I advertise to you i invite you that was the word i was actually looking for i invite you to uh, do get in touch so don't forget you can contact uh, the podcast at any point uh, you can email us at podcast at dmpunk.co.uk you can also connect with me across all social media you can find me on facebook facebook.com i am dm punk on twitter at i am dm punk and instagram as well i am dm punk uh, you can also connect with me on linkedin just search for digital marketing punk and i will appear uh, it'd also be great if you haven't done so already to subscribe to the digital marketing podcast if you really like the show then help me out please and show your appreciation by giving us a five-star review on itunes also don't forget um, if you want to go and check out the punk business uh, digital marketing business network sorry then you can do it's a free community a free group you can go on there you can just chat about your issues your queries your questions in a safe space all about digital marketing and there are people there like-minded people that will be absolutely happy to help you out and i'll be there as well if you ever need that little little bit of expert advice okay so you can go and check out that free facebook group just search for punk digital marketing business network okay thank you so much for listening to uh, this episode of the digital marketing podcast i hope you will join me next time don't forget to click that subscribe button so you can join me next time thank you so much for listening